Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Harry Maguire's fingers cause a stir. Dean Smith is back in the dugout and a non-league midfielder does a double shift. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, the 15th of November. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Lars Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you had a lovely weekend. It is a Monday. It's the start of the week. And this is a right old treat, having Andy and Lars in the Ramble studio this morning. I feel definitely like the least intelligent person in the room. What a combination. <laughs> I, I can what assure you that that's not true. <laughs> it is absolutely not. As we is. as we will aim to prove over the next 35 <laughs> minutes, relentlessly. Lars, you were a bit stressed this morning because you couldn't get any coffee. There's no coffee in the building. Are you a coffee snob? Not really, but I'm usually asleep at this time of day. That's just, now, now I'm usually awake, but by the time we... Yeah, I really needed coffee this morning, and for once it was closed. And being the, the gentleman that I am, I brought in pastries... That no one ate before, but I brought, I brought in the pastries. Because there's no coffee. And I was in the pastry shop and the pastry man asked me, do you want coffee with that? And I thought smugly to myself, no, because the place I'm going, the coffee is very good, so I'll get it there. I didn't say that out loud. No, that would have been very rude in the pastry shop, but I thought that to myself. You think the look the was enough? No, no coffee. The smug look it's was really enough. really bad. I genuinely appreciated the gesture, Lars, oh, well. and I will have one on the way out. But, but starting your week without a coffee is is is, is difficult. I, I like the use of the word pastryman. Pastryman. <laughs> that, that was excellent. You know what he also did? He pasted me in FPL last year, and this is the uh, the first time we've been yeah, in the same room together. One point, one point above you, wasn't uh, it? One, one point. It's, in enough, the... it's enough for me to call it a pasting. Oh, I mean, it is human. nonsense. I mean, if at the end of an FPL season you're one point ahead of someone. You're clearly not better than them at FPL. Like at that point, it's completely random, right? You're so but that nice, ma- Lars. But that makes it even more satisfying. <laughs> just thinking of how annoyed you must have been on the final match day. You know how annoyed I was. I'm still thinking about that assist that Bruno Fernandez got that wasn't actually an assist, but went down as a fantasy assist. And Lars got the points for it, and I didn't because I didn't have him in my it's team. The, we'll move on. It's Shall the we only move on? mini league that matters. Is the it Ramble really League, is. and I have just, I think, probably for the first time this season, climbed over you. Yeah, I don't know how this has happened. Match day. This, it's the first First time me and Lars have ever been in the Ramble studio together. And I've just gone above and you. And you've just gone above me in the Ramble mini league. By two points this time, so this is yeah, good. Yeah, it's all right. I'm coming for I, you. I did worry a bit with the fantasy football element of it, whether it was a bit, you know, Ghostbusters crossing the streams. You'd have to keep us but, apart. But, but we seem all right for the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Let's talk about the weekend's football. Do you know what? There is so much to get through. We'll come on to Dean Smith being appointed as the Norwich manager shortly. We'll also talk about England. But let's just focus on everything that happened yesterday because there were some amazing matches. First of all, let me just explain how this all worked yesterday. We're in our WhatsApp group and the three of us were like, right, which game are you going to watch? So Lars took Spain. Andy took Portugal. I took Republic of Ireland. I wanted to watch you, you the goat Shane one. Duffy. Oh, you weren't let down, were I you? I wasn't. He's a legend. Did you see also the picture from the game on, was it Friday, I think, or Thursday, where Shane Duffy actually had Cristiano Ronaldo when they played Portugal around the neck. Yeah. Grabbed him around mid-air. the neck. Mid-air. And Brighton tweeted it and said, there's only one goat in this picture. <laughs> Loved that. Please believe. Scored again last night. I, I wanted to watch this game. I honestly wanted to see how the Stephen Kenny revolution is, is progressing because it's finally sort of, it seems to be gathering some kind of pace. Yeah. Well, so so ba- basically one set of countrymen let you down this weekend. So you wanted another set of countrymen <laughs> to come through for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, we could have done with Shane Duffy against Latvia, actually. No way. We had a big Shane Duffy in the box. I think we would have gotten somewhere. Well, yeah, goal power. Water is wet with Shane Duffy scoring from set pieces, isn't yeah. it? Scoring amazing headers. And um, tell me about the Spain game, though, Len Lars. Yeah, the Spain game was a funny one because um, Sweden needed to beat Spain to to, to overtake them, and uh, and they didn't. They lost one 0 <laughs> in the end. It was a game where Spain were the better team, but Went you always right got to the end, though, didn't it? Yeah, they were the better team, but they weren't creating massive chances. Does this sound familiar, seasoned Spain watchers? Uh, they were, and you always felt they were a little bit vulnerable to the sucker punch. And Ibra was kept in reserve. He was kept in the bench for a while, and you all just kind of felt this is so completely set up for Ibra to come on and and write history at the ripe old age of of eighty seven or whatever he is now. <laughs> Slash uh, clap Aspilic around the head well we'll get to that but yeah no <laughs> Ibra came on in the end and at this point sort of Swedish football Twitter was getting irate uh, because as uh, Sweden were clearly needed to get a goal they needed to chase this game uh, the coach Jan Andersson he made subs but he only made like like for like subs so all the good players kind of went off as attacking substitutions came on and it was a little bit sort of you need to go for this man in the end Ibra came on and it was all set up for the big dramatic Ibra Kadabra finish <laughs> and in Spain, Spain scored uh, Danny Olmo rattled one off the bar. There was a great save by Robin Olsen, pushed it onto the bar, and it fell straight to the foot of Morata, who, who finished it very tidily. And it was slightly anticlimactic. It was the sort of Morata opportunity that I thought he was going to miss. Yes, you, historically <laughs> he does do yes. that. And when you say finish tidily, I guess he finished it tidily in the sense of he got there in the end. It's very much like watching a seven-year-old Listen, tie his shoes. He kicked the ball it? into the goal without falling over. We got to... Gotta, <laughs> Just about. You know. But I, there was a moment in the second half when I have to credit our on-the-continent friend uh, Miguel Delaney with this uh, tweet. He wrote, uh, Spain, Sweden, impossibly tense. The most influential players in the pitch are now a 40-year-old and a literal child. <laughs> uh, but which is a strong ups. And it's true, Gavi was... I mean, that was one of the big takeaways from the game. Gavi is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, at and the just age 17. Of, and he's one of those when he was first called up to the senior squad. Yeah, he looked good for Barcelona in a few games. But you thought, hang on, that's a bit soon. Although, and then you watch him yesterday and you thought, no, no, absolutely not soon. Like, he, he definitely should be in that team. No, Barcelona can't get that new contract off quickly enough. But w- when I read that tweet by Miguel, I thought he was calling Zlatan a literal child. <laughs> for I, I know he is not an Ibrahimovic fan. And uh, it, it, it went so wrong for him. He couldn't even get himself sent off last night. So a little bit of late drama in that Spain game. But wow, what about the Portugal game, Andy? This had, well... It it did not go the way I expected it to go. Put it that way. No, me neither. And uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed uh, the cover of uh, today's Abola, one of the major sports papers in um, uh, Portugal, and the headline simply says "miserable." So it ended um, Serbia beating Portugal by two goals to one, and it was yes. a late, late winner. And a draw would have been enough for Portugal to go through, and they. Scored after two minutes. Renato Sanchez scored after two minutes, and then they very much took the view of right. Let's not get beaten from here. It's very unlike their coach to take that approach to us. I mean, you don't you don't expect that from Fernando Santos. Well, the coach is one thing, the players are something else. Um and, you know, the players should be able to interpret it as 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 they see fit, I think. I mean, Fernando Santos is going to get already getting a lot of shit for this, but he's going to get more shit for this because it wasn't just one bad performance against Serbia. They were terrible in Ireland. They were really bad. And they were lucky not to lose. Ireland had a goal chalked off that well, was controversial at best, I think. Um, Pepe got himself sent mm-hmm. off. And I know people will say, well, it's Pepe. Yeah, exactly. People <laughs> always say that. But th- the reality is he's only been sent off in 
He'd been sent off once in 133 appearances before <laughs> Why that. Why do we think he's such a brute then? Because uh, he is. <laughs> well, he's just get, a clever brute. He, he, he gets yeah. away with it a lot. There's a Mourinho line about this that I can't repeat, but he is that. Go on. But it's, it's, it's amazing when you think that what they did for the Island game, part of the reason they were so bad, they left out all their players who were on a yellow card, and then your most experienced centre-back gets himself sent off five minutes before the end. Mm. But the way they played that, I think that fed into the mindset of what they did in this in, in this Serbia game, that have and hold because and, and that is the worst of Fernando Santos because he said after that game in Dublin, he said he said I was about to bring that up. He said some weird stuff after that game. Well he's he said um it didn't make any difference if we drew or won five nil. Eh? I mean no one no one wants to to no. hear that. And they played it, it it breeds a certain attitude in the squad. And it, it's got to a point where now it feels as if he can't really take them any further. There's a question over whether he'll still be in charge for the playoffs. I know people will say there are so many great Portuguese coaches out there. Those Portuguese coaches are being paid four times what they would be for the national team. So mm. it's hard to convince them to come, even mm. if it's a Jardim or, well, Village Boas looks like he's having a marvellous time. Every time you see him on Instagram, he's having a, <laughs> a lovely little premature <laughs> retirement. But I, I feel do, like do we're talking about... international football would suit Villas Boas with his sort of... I'd quite like to not work every day approach to the whole thing. <laughs> and he could drive between the games. Yeah, couldn't yeah. He, in he a, could do a, a rally, rally style. And, and, and he can see the world traveling with the team. I mean, it, it, listen, this is the perfect gig for him, no? North Macedonia away in yeah. like uh, well, a VW or this something. Is a, this is a difficult thing now for Portugal is when the final whistle went. So we have to talk about Alexander Mitrovic, who was brought off the bench for Serbia. Yes. I, I think he's top 10 shithouses of all time, isn't he? Yes. Because he tends to do this, doesn't he? He gets left out of squads and he comes on and he always proves a point. Great header. He definitely um, got left out of the marking at the back post. <laughs> yeah, he did, he <laughs> yeah. did. But it was a decent header to win the game late on for Serbia. The celebrations from them were amazing. But for Portugal, it now, well, we saw Cristiano Ronaldo drop down onto the, onto the pitch at the end of the game. It looked like he was holding back tears. But now that they're second in the group and Serbia are through, they're going to be in the playoffs. And there's actually quite a strong chance they might not make it through to the uh, World Cup. Yeah, you're right, Jules, because the playoffs are, are interesting. You have a one-leg semi and then a one-leg final. I th I, that's what I took from Cristiano's reaction. The fact that, oh my God, two more matches yeah. of high intensity. I just, oh. No, but listen, they just oh, drew against just Ireland and lost to Serbia. So like, nothing can be taken for granted here. Huh? Yeah, ab absolutely. And we should give the Credit to Serbia and Dragan Stojkovic, a coach who have been great. But Mitrovic, I mean, this was mm -hmm. his career in 120 seconds. Yeah. Because he scores this glorious goal that takes his team to the World Cup, Rips his takes shirt his shirt off. off to celebrate, gets booked, going to miss the first match of the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, you, you couldn't make it up. Oh, could you? I love you, Mitrovic. It's very on brand. It's a really dumb rule, though, the whole the, the, the level of, I mean, there's two yellow cards and then you get a ban. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's a year. Oh, I thought you, I thought you meant getting booked for taking your shirt off. No, that, that's was, probably, I mean, there was there was once uh, a guy called uh, Brian Bergenu who played for Lyon who tried to circumvent that when he scored against Sparta Prague in the Champions League. He took off his shirt to reveal another identical shirt. <laughs> a legend. But, 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 but beneath, Mirko, Mirko, still got booked. I think Mirko oh. Vucinic did something like that, but then he had also taken his shorts off. Yeah, which uh, was very unhelpful. And he's to wearing, slight, slightly he was re re wearing really grubby non-date night pants. That's true. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> awful. We're just Serbia. Yes, Serbia. Good. I think is worth noting as well because they are a team yeah. who's often less than the sum of their parts, and the parts are really quite excellent. But those those parts are a bit more younger and athletic yeah. than they were in the last qualifying cycle, which I think makes a big difference. I mean, maybe there's a challenge of getting both Vlavic and Mitrovic on the pitch at the same time. I'm not quite sure how that balance wise works. Don't even try, Vlavic is way yeah. better. <laughs> well, come on. You're good. But with Mitro's international record, maybe he is the guy to have off the, on the bench or being eight suspended. Eight and eight, I think it is. Eight yeah. eight have, eight you, have you been on delivery to order Marcus Bellerin? <laughs> no. Also, though, Vlavic, first of all, is very good, as you point out. So very disconcerting to see a Serbian centre-forward look quite so much like Darren Anderton. Uh, <laughs> it's something just watching the game, I thought, that's just not what you expect. And it's a little bit off-putting, but he's a very good player. Right, let's go back to... Should go to Spurs. In yeah, yeah, should do if they actually... Yeah, pick up the phone. Right, England five, Albania nil on Friday night. Um, look, let's let's talk about the big talking points from this because obviously it was a convincing victory for England. The big thing to take away from this um, <laughs> one is obviously Harry Maguire scoring 
the goal, the first goal of the game and his celebration. So he stuck his fingers into his ears. I'm sure you all know this. Celebrated. Uh, he said that that celebration came naturally to him. Roy Keane wasn't too happy at all. He said he puts his hand to his ears like he shut the critics up. But I think it's actually quite embarrassing. Embarrassing. What did you both make of it? Is everyone making a big deal of this for no reason? Well, he, well, he did it. So people are, are, are forced to react to it in a way. Modern football's ever so sensitive, aren't they? And I, I just think, really? Shouldn't he just be turning the other cheek to that sort of stuff? Also, I don't appreciate him stealing Memphis's brand. What I took from that <laughs> is he, like me, stays in his house in his spare time watching a lot of videos in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, I, Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, well, it's exactly what you do, Andy. Exactly. I, I didn't even really notice it at the time, to be honest. I just thought, okay, celebrating the goal, big deal. Yeah, a lot of footballers do that type of celebration when they've been um, under a bit of pressure. Um, I was surprised such a big deal was made of it. I I'm not too fussed by it. I was mainly worried that he first cupped his ears as if like, I can't hear you critics and then stuck the finger into the air. <laughs> at which point he definitely can't hear the critics. So does he want to hear more of them or does he not want to hear them at all? He's I feel saying, like you need to pick one of those two. Just, if you do both, it's very confusing. Is, is it like, yes, please praise, no thanks haters? Maybe. Just get all of them in into one celebration. Yeah. I, I wonder if this is this I wonder how much of a role social media plays here in the fact that we've been talking a lot about how these <laughs> how the Man United players' social media presence is now expertly curated. And I do wonder what the fan <laughs> graphs will say about this gesture. I mean the the social media guy at Man United needs to get to work, see if there's some sort of fan graph opinion that'll they can shape the message going forward. But I do but I still think they have the, these apps on their phone and they probably do check them and see, you know, to go on to see what's going on. Certainly, it seems to me every time a footballer nowadays who has any online presence opens his phone and, and clicks a few things, it's like opening a door to like 2,000 people telling you you're rubbish, uh, whether you're in form or not. It's just the way the internet works now for famous people. And and, and maybe that is making them, like, like you say, a little bit prickly and defensive about these things. I... I don't like Harry Maguire has gotten quite a bit of criticism, but I mean, he's the Man United captain and they're having a bad time and him personally haven't been great. I mean, that's mm. what happens. I'm not fully convinced scoring a header against Albania completely undoes all of that. I don't know. But but still, I don't... I, I wonder if there's this sort of siege thingy, if they're all... Because I remember a few mm. years back, Stefan Johansson did the shushing thing when he scored for Norway and it was really weird because the stadium was half empty so on the TV images you just saw him shushing like an empty or doing cupping his ears to an empty crowd it was really odd it's like a lot of people seem a lot of footballers seem to feel like they're under attack all the time uh, and maybe that is there's a social media aspect of that uh, I wonder I completely agree I think that they are under so much pressure and it's so much more it's so much more prevalent now and they're so much more aware of it and so much more aware of that criticism. And I think that what we have to remember with these England players is they, they're coming off the back of losing in a tournament final. Like there is going to be a lot of mental hangover and physical hangover from that. So starting off this Premier League season the way most of them have, of course, naturally, they may not they may not all be at their, the best of their ability for various reasons. We know what's going on in their personal lives mm. as well. And, and also, I don't know how you come back from losing in a tournament final. Like, that must be so hard. And I can't really think of many players that are playing every single game for their Premier League team this season that played in the Euros finals this year, apart from Declan Rice, really that's actually had a stormer of a season. Like the mm. majority of the England squads that that played in most, if not all, of those England games this summer haven't had the best of time this season. No, and, that's and, and that's got to be part of it. And so I can understand like Harry Maguire just kind of just releasing a little bit and going, oh my God, yes, I finally played a good game and I've scored a goal. Like this feels good. Yeah, and I think as well, going back to before the Euros, they've just played... A year and a half of really quite uncomfortable football mm. in an uncomfortable environment mm. with an uncomfortable schedule. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at this week in which uh, um, the plan for what the Premier League is going to do for the World Cup is is is, is coming out, the, the pause. And it could not be clearer that the authorities don't give a shit about the players or, or, or their physical or, or, or mental health. And you're, you're right. I think cons inconsistency is 
a natural conclusion, and it has for years been a natural conclusion of the way that football is is, is set up. And maybe that makes everyone a little bit crabby as well, mm. as well as that inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And that that's what was so good actually about this 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 England performance. Now I know Lars, you had some issues well, with the know, team that I'll, Gareth I'm pre- Southgate. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to back down, but but, <laughs> but, but I, I think the fact that. Maguire was able to get something from this. Kane was able to get something so from this. And that yeah. first half in which I know people will say it's it's only Albania. Okay, Albania aren't a great team, but they're not a terrible one either. And for that first half, England were really, really good. And Harry Kane was really, really good. And these players would have taken something very positive from this. Yeah, I think. the perfect hat trick. And you don't see that very often. Mm. In fact, it's the first perfect hat trick for an England player since David Platt against San Marino in 1993. Left foot, right foot header. And what about the right foot finish? No, it took a deflection, Lars, but it was, it it was, was lovely, it was good. wasn't it? It was good. It was very good. I mean, I would guess I would sort of, I don't disagree that Albania have a decent record, but I was very disappointed in the first half. Mm. I, I there are some decent players in there. They have a very experienced coach in Eddie Rea. You're you're expecting an Eddie Rea team to be very good at at spoiling the fun for everyone. That's mm. what he's done throughout his career, uh, and they 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 weren't very good at all at that. Um, I got a bit cranky on Friday with the lineup because I just thought <laughs> Quite a few people did though. Lars, you weren't the only one. I just thought I it was, and it. and I want to word myself very carefully. I just thought it was the the least interesting lineup possible out of the squad. Now, that doesn't mean the worst, or the, it's just the least interesting is a very different thing. And yeah. I just feel, what exactly is the point of playing Henderson in a game like this? Like, you know exactly what you're going to get for Henderson, with Henderson. You know what he's good at. You know where he fits into this team. You know, come the World Cup next year, you know exactly what you'll get from Henderson. You're not learning anything new. But you don't have that many chances left to see to be, give Bellingham chances to play in, in conditions that are favourable. I mean... I guess you can turn that around and say Bellingham had played quite a lot for Dortmund, so maybe not playing this game was good for him. But I, there are players who I thought this was an occasion to, to 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 give them a chance to experience playing in front of a playing in front of a big crowd at Wembley, playing in a game that where something was on the line, playing for England in a game that mattered. What's the point of this lineup? I mean, the point is that it's the best eleven Gareth Southgate <laughs> has probably, and uh, you know if. Um, he wanted to see that in action, and that's fair enough. I guess that's that's the question: is is it political picking Henderson instead of Bellingham in this situation? Because if you leave Henderson out, it's a massive, great, big deal. If you leave Bellingham out, it's not a massive, great, big deal. But but you could also just say, you know, he's not a young man anymore necessarily. Henderson, well, he's thirty one; he's not old. But you think the changeover happens before the World Cup? Then, because I, I would argue that Bellingham should be in the eleven by the World Cup. Well, this thing, it's very hard to make a changeover when we haven't given him a few games to see yeah, what he can yeah. do. Yeah, now, I completely get that Southgate will have looked at these two games and thought, okay, Albania is the one we need to take seriously because Albania beat uh, Hungary home and away, so there's clearly some some ability in this team. So we take that one very seriously and then we sort of freestyle it a bit against San Marino because, you know, it's San Marino. Mm. That is a completely rational way to approach this game and this these two games. I'm not going to be too whingy about it. But I, I can't help but think there there are players in the squad who I'd I'd just love to see them get a start for England in a game that mattered against a credible opponent in front of a big crowd at Wembley because it would have been a very useful experience for them. Yeah, I think rational is a really good word to use though, Lars, because I think that that is um, something that we have seen with Gareth Southgate before. That he does tend to do rational thinking. Mm-hmm. I think some people. Um, I was obviously not that Twitter is exactly where you should take opinion on football very seriously, but quite a few people were tweeting saying, oh God, this is so boring. And I was like, what's boring about being five and a up at half time? Mm. I bloody loved it personally. I, I really enjoyed it. But I can see where that argument is coming from, that he could have taken a few more risks. But, but as you say, I think the point is, is that now England only need a point against San Marino tonight in order to secure qualification to the World Cup. And Conor Gallagher has been called up to the senior squad for the first time. Four goals in 10 Premier League games for Palace this season. He's been one of the standout players of the campaign so far, I think. Maybe this is the game that we might see a few of those players be given an opportunity, Andy. I think so. Yeah, I, I hope so. And um, it, it should be it should be pretty straightforward. But I don't know. Those, if, if there are those people on Twitter who are saying, this is so boring. God, <laughs> I can't get my head around that at all. I mean... Well, I said it was really boring ahead of the game, <laughs> and then I got a and then I got a number of tweets throughout the first half of people who who, who disagreed with that call ahead of the game. Well, the, the, but by that time I'd gone to the hey, pubs. I didn't really. Yeah, I was going to say there is nothing boring about being sat there on my sofa with my dog 
drinking a couple glasses of red wine. I had a takeaway from the pub. I was watching England score five goals. Harry Kane scoring, I don't know what you call that. Was it a bicycle kick? But it was something wonderful. I loved it. So do you reckon, it was great. Do you reckon that's a bit of Euro final hangover? The, the idea that every game has to be the most intense ever. I mean, this is the thinking that gets you into an area win. where you think <laughs> the Super League is is the way forward. Yeah. Like Every game has to be the biggest game ever. It doesn't. I just want to win. I want to see England yeah. win and we won and it was Brilliant. Um, right, let's move on and talk about Dean Smith. I mean, he's barely had a day off, boys, and he's back in the dugout at Norwich City. We talked a bit about this last week, that it was a potential. All the talks happened across the weekend, and this morning it was confirmed. Uh, I mean, he's only been sacked by Aston Villa a week ago, and he's already back in a Premier League job. That's got to be one of the quickest turnarounds from being sacked and being reappointed in the same division. The, the whole reboundness of it m- makes me feel weird. I, 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 I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if Have you, you ever had a good rebound, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you take that element away from it, I, I do think it's a, a really good appointment. I mean, I guess the question is, if we sat around um, two weeks ago when Daniel Farker was still in charge and looked like he wasn't going to get fired, is anyone in here backing Norwich to even have a chance of staying up? No. Whereas... Now, mm. maybe the conversations are, are a little bit different. I'm, I'm still not, not. I'm not saying. I'm not, <laughs> I'm Sorry, I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're definitely going to stay up, but I don't feel like it's completely off the table. Five points. It's not. It's not massive. And are there three teams that could potentially be worse, Lars? Who are they? Who are those teams that could be worse? Yes. Um, Southampton about, next weekend. So you've got Watford. Burnley, yeah, maybe. Watford. Burnley. Do you think Burnley's? Well, I mean, listen. I, 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 I hate to bring stats into this sacred studio, but I mean, looking at like expected goals for and against Norwich, significantly the least good team in the league so far. And I'm not looking at the names in the team sheet. I'm not, he doesn't have a lot to work with there. I was sort of initially when I saw the quotes from, from Stuart Weber about how he'd sort of been a long-term uh, target of them. theirs, I, I scoffed and say, well, you know, he, he was employed when you sacked your manager. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but the more you think about it, I wonder if in terms of his job at Norwich, the reference point for Dean Smith and what we can expect from him isn't just Aston Villa necessarily, but it's his time at Brentford. Yeah, yes. uh, The fact that he was at Agreed. Brentford and turned them into a, a very positive, you know, uh, possession-focused, you know, attack-minded team who moved the ball very well uh, with what was still a very small budget in the, in the championship. Uh, and it actually... If you look at that, it makes total sense that he's someone who Stuart Weber would have thought about for what Norwich is trying to do. Yeah. Also, also, he's he is a coacher and an improver of players. I agree. I, I think that's really important because I think you look at some of the players that Norwich have brought in, if they were in a good place, Norwich would not have got them. And I, I'm looking at Milo Rashica, I'm looking at uh, Ozan Kabak, players who are talented players, but who have not had a good time in the last year, year and a half mm-hmm. or so. If he can do something with them, and admittedly he's got very little time to work with them, um, no preseason, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then maybe we're talking. Because I don't think the squad is irredeemably bad. I think there's some potential. I also in think there. there's players in there who haven't been playing that perhaps should be, like Billy Gilmore, who was yeah, exactly. brilliant again for Scotland and has barely got a kick for Norwich this season, which mm. I think a lot of Chelsea fans find curious. Todd Cantwell's not played Todd much Cantwell either. Todd Cantwell hasn't he? either, no. and 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 I think that Dean Smith is the sort of manager that I think will probably see. Def- I, I certainly think we'll see Billy Gilmore um, and maybe a, with a bit of work Todd Cantwell back in that starting 11. Are we saying Todd Cantwell scores in the, his first game against Southampton and then does a ridiculous dance to celebrate? Probably. Well, isn't it weird that Southampton is the first game for Norwich and it was also Dean Smith's last game against mm. Aston Villa, which they lost 1-0. It does um, make the Premier League feel as if it's a village with like one shop one pub and one post office, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I, I, I do wonder with the Billy Gilmore thing. Uh, I I think he was he's been unfortunate in the sense that Daniel Farke I think saw him as a six, saw him as the sort of the, the doing the Scottish chavy thing, pinging the ball around, mm. and, and that's of course where Matthias Noman has played. Who, uh, in my completely biased opinion, uh, is <laughs> the one Norwich player who's really emerged with credit so far this season. Noman's yeah. taken to the Premier League very very well, and he is someone who. 
dropping deep and pinging the ball around like that is is probably what he wants to do on the field. I think if you send him out with no instructions and tell Matthias Norman to play midfield, then that's the kind of role he'll he'll take up. Mm. But I think he can also play more box to box. He's someone who who can, can actually drift past players quite well. He's got a shot on him, so I I think him and Gilmore could be compatible. But I do suspect Farkas or the mass competing for the same role. Yeah, and I think that's why we haven't seen Gilmore. It's a good point. It's a good point. Right, we're going to take a break. We're going to focus a bit more on Scotland and Wales after the break and we're going to dip into a bit of non-league action after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. And I'm Chloe Morgan. Join us every week on our brand new show, Upfront on Football Ramble Presents. We'll get stuck into the biggest stories in women's football every Tuesday from the latest in the WSL. Gareth Taylor said, oh, well, actually, we were playing 3-4-3 and we moved to 4-4-3-3. If you look at any of the footage, if you look at the way the players played in that first half, there were four players playing at the back. That sort of comment speaks of a manager who doesn't quite know what they're doing. To how the Lionesses are shaping up ahead of a home Euros next summer. For me, I would pick Lee Williamson. I would just go for it now. For a younger age captain, you've got some big tournaments coming up. I think a lot of players think she's got a really great mentality, gets on with a lot of people. For me, she's a born leader, and I think she will be England captain at some point. And what it's really like being a player in women's football today... From my own experiences of, of being in a situation like that, I mean, you know, when we got promoted uh, when I was with Spurs, that was phenomenal. I was, you know, first choice keeper. You know, then you go into the WSL for our first season and all I wanted to do was get WSL experience. Join us every Tuesday for Upfront. Search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app. Subscribe now. Football Ramble Presents is a stack production. I'm quite a placid guy. <laughs> Bet you are. Uh, welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's Jules, Andy and Lars in the studio with you this Monday. Let's see how we got on in Betways 4 to score before we get to your emails. Remember that entry to Betways 4 to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betways 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. And make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further terms and conditions do apply. Right, um, all the games were internationals this weekend. That's what we were picking from. Game one was Croatia versus is Russia. Uh, Marcus picked Kramaric to score, but the result was actually an own goal. Uh, so that one counts as no goal scorer. Game two was Armenia against Germany. Uh, Vish picked Leroy Sane. The result was Kai Havertz. Uh, we're doing well so far. <laughs> Game three, Portugal against Serbia. Pete picked Cristiano Ronaldo, but as we've already talked about, it was Rato Sanchez who got the goal. Um, and game four, the only one we got the correct answer on. Well done, Luke Moore. It was Spain against Sweden from last night. Luke picked Morata and it was indeed Morata. We're going to be back for another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. So we look forward to that. Right now, it's time for this. If you've got something for us, show up on 
It's an extraordinary <laughs> jingle. Love it, Pete. Good stuff. Um, we've got a good email from from Richard. I'm, uh, I'm 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 quite delighted by this, and I even wanted to read it. I put I put my hand up in the prediction mode. Do it. Do it so I, do, I want to read this email because it. it's terrific. Okay, it's from Richard. Sir. I, I raced in a swimming gala when I was thirteen. I was not very good, but thought the best way to showcase my average ability would be to do the 50-meter butterfly. Oh, flex. Which is, I mean, I wouldn't, but, you know, fair enough, Richard. By the time I got to the last five meters, I could barely breathe and was floundering. <laughs> which, as a child, I find harsh flounders are surprisingly agile. For, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, but, uh, I'm, this is my issue with the English language, not so much Richard. Sorry, crack on. Uh, <laughs> ashamed with my, with my performance, I got changed and headed straight for the car park outside the leisure centre. After 10 minutes, mum came out and handed me a pink Care Bear with what appeared to be a signature across its chest. She had overheard one of the other parents declare a footballer was in the room and had come to see his little sister compete. After seeing how upset I was after the race, mum bought the only item left on the fundraiser table, a pink Care Bear, and handed it to the footballers footballer <laughs> to sign in the hope of cheering me up. By the time mum had finished her story, I noticed a tall man struggled to get out of the building while on crutches. To my horror, it was England and Real Madrid defender Jonathan Woodgate, <laughs> who was back at home, the outskirts of Middlesbrough in this case, recovering from his latest injury setback. It could have been at any time, really, in his career, unfortunately. Now, before I could say anything, he politely shouted across the car park, Nice race, mate! Looking back, I can only think he saw me almost drown in a 25-metre pool and thought about his poor start in Madrid and sympathised with me. Uh, the pink Care Bear is still proudly in my room at my parents' house. Very good. Amazing. I'm, I'm just thinking how much you could eBay that for. I mean, that... Why would you do that? Well, just, Listen. Just, just to know the value, I suppose. It's funny, actually, a, a friend of mine... His parents lived a couple of streets away from where Jonathan Woodgate's parents lived. And apparently the first time he came back from Real Madrid, I'm not quite sure how this works, but he, he turned up in some like scruffy car for a footballer of that sort of profile, just absolutely jam-packed with washing. Really? <laughs> like he was going back from university. Oh, God, he brought it back to do it. Yeah. I but love it. The only thing I'd say to Richard, why is it at your parents' house and not at your house? I mean, surely this is something, that's a great conversation starter. <laughs> like if you bring someone home, look at there, there's a pink Care Bear on the mantelpiece. <laughs> that's a strange thing to have on the mantelpiece. Signed by you could tell the story. Footballer. And if the person doesn't know... About Jonathan Woodgate, then you know, there's no need to bother with you. <laughs> nonsense. Speaking of weird things to be signed, um, which we talked about last week as well with Pete, um, I do you remember the do you remember the boy band A One? I yes. do remember yeah. the boy band A One. Oh, I loved them. Are they the ones that ruined Take on Me? Yeah, they were. Right, well, okay. I was massive I was, fan. We're of still them. as a country, we're still quite bitter about that. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, there, there were serious talks about deploying the navy or something. Uh, something has to be done about A one. I mean, our cultural contributions to the world are pretty small. Like, and anyway, go, go on. No, yeah, they they performed at Topshop on Oxford Street like years ago. I'm right. talking like in the like late nineties, and I went to go and watch them. And um, I, Ben from A one left his water bottle out, and I picked it up and I asked him to sign it. <laughs> it was a full bottle of Evian like water and I had it for ages in my cupboard with his signature on. I eventually threw it away. I don't have it anymore. But um, I hope you yeah. recycled it. Yeah, I think, well, I can't even remember what I did with that. I, just, I, I remember would have beyond recognition. When, <laughs> when I moved house, I was like, right, that can go now. Oh, dear. Right, anyway, keep your emails coming into our show at footballramble.com or tweet at footballramble. Remember, if you need a problem solving as well, like what to do with your old merchandise that's been signed by <laughs> poor boy band people, <laughs> uh, then uh, send them uh, into us. Um, any problems you have, we will answer them for you on Wednesday's PEP talks. Uh, right, let's talk a little bit about um, Scotland, because we mentioned Billy Gilmore just before the break there. Um, and Scotland won uh, at the weekend. They beat Moldova by two goals to nil, meaning they've secured a playoff spot. They've secured second spot in their group. Um, it was a fairly stress-free win against Moldova, would you say, Andy? Two extremely good goals mm. as well. like Really, really good goals. And it's when we were talking about it beforehand and Last was a bit, well, Scotland have got loads of good players now. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> Those goals underline your argument and then some. Yeah. 
Just back yourselves, Scottish people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my instant reaction here, I feel like being, being the grumpy one for this is not usual. It's I the got, coffee. The I was in I was I was on the listen, I was on the internet when this was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw a lot of people going quite overboard with with praise. I was like, Whoa, this guy's playing so well. And I was like, lads, it's it's Moldova. Mm. And then the counter argument would be Lads, we're Scotland. We're usually not that good, but my, we would say, look at the players you have. You have some really good players now. Decent squad, you, you isn't should, it? You should, should be expecting to pummel Moldova, but you know, some very, very good uh, performances in there. Uh, and nice to see Che Che Adams get a goal again. Because as much as I think this is a good Scotland squad, they've not really been blessed with sort of reliable goal scorers up front. So get. Getting Che Adams, you know, firing is good. And when they've got a right back now to match their left backs, yes. Nathan Patterson, who's only 20, he scored uh, the first goal for Scotland in the game. Unfortunately, now misses the next game because he got booked in this one. Um, but it does open the door up for someone else. And Anthony Ralston, who's been brilliant for Celtic, he scored a few goals for them this season. He's been called up for the first time to the senior squad and could start in their game tonight. While we're on the young'uns, I think mm. we should probably have a word for Craig Gordon as well. Mm. Uh, and, and his, his <laughs> Notable child, Craig Gordon. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, his his career renaissance is a, an absolute source of delight to me. Callum McGregor called him Peter Pan. Did he? Which I like. Yeah. Nice. And a good, uh, good good penalty save in this game. Oh yeah. It was a lovely penalty save, wasn't it? Um and Craig Levine said at the weekend as well of John McGinn, he said he protects the ball with the ferocity of a gorilla protecting its offspring. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly I mean... that is so John McGinn that you can just picture it, can't you, Lars? <laughs> I'm picturing it right now. I'm like, <laughs> John McGinn is a fantastic player. John McGinn protecting your baby gorilla. He, he, he plays with Her. so much passion every time he's on the pitch, whether that's for Villa or for Scotland. Um, he's just a good player, isn't he? And I think that he'll get even better under Stephen Gerrard now. He does. And I think it's easy to look at the playoffs, and especially with the format we were talking about before, and thinking it's going to be tough for Scotland. It's going to be tough for whoever plays Scotland. Mm. I think that's the way we've got to look at it as well. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Wales also won. They beat Belarus by five goals to one. What did you make of the Wales performance, Lars? I, I thought the Belarus goalkeeper was having a weird one here. <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from Wales. It was great for them to get the win, to get the comfortable win. You know, Gareth Bale played 45 minutes of football without breaking down, so that was very good. Uh, Ramsey looked like he was at it. Uh, good performance. But 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 really, I mean, I speak as as a, a Norwegian person who saw my team uh, uh, unable to break down the mighty Latvia on, on Saturday. Uh, we had so many chances; it was we huffed and puffed, but couldn't blow any kind of house down. And then I look at Wales, and like the first thing that happens in the game is that their goalkeeper just chucks one straight at the feet of Ramsey, mm -hmm. like a rebound that he just throws. And I was like. You know, I feel like Saturday would have been different for my life if Latvia had had a goalkeeper that for no reason gave the ball to... And anyway. <laughs> I suppose the flip side of that is this was the first time in this qualifying campaign that Wales were able to have both Ramsey and Bale in the eleven. Yeah. And I think considering the qualifying campaign off the back of that, it's, it's decent. And Ramsey, of course, has had his difficulties at Juventus. Barely played um, a minute, hasn't he? Yeah, you think of Gareth Bale, who played the first half for his 100th cap. Um a lot of the Madrid-based sports media, for, uh, particularly, used it as an example to get stuck into him when <laughs> he's just trying to make his way back. I mean, when he was first out injured, there was the, the, the they were talking about the possibility of him maybe being out for as many as five or six months. I think in many other occasions, you would think from his club perspective, this is a nice opportunity for him, for him to tune up and get ready to club action, but it's just used as an excuse to to jump on Bale and say how how terrible he is and how he's taken advantage of Real Madrid. Actually, Eden Hazard has had a lot of stick this weekend from from the Madrid media as well, particularly um, on on the basis of his his, his weight, rather unfairly perhaps, because of course he's he's been injured for for, for quite a long time. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, Wales can secure second spot with a draw uh, to against Belgium on Tuesday. They're, they're being three points ahead of the Czech Republic in Group E. So yeah. we'll have to keep an eye on that. And and I mean, I was being flippant about Bale not breaking down, but there was a serious point there as well, which is it was a dilemma for the Welsh. Like, what do you do with Bale? Because he hasn't played at all, really, in the autumn, uh, but he's fit enough to play now. So the question is, do you, do you give him some minutes or do you maybe not do that because you need to get something out of you probably you might need to get something out of Belgium afterwards. You might want to keep him in reserve for that. In the end, they decided to start him 
And that's something that could have backfired pretty quickly if he had it, pulled up with something. It could have done, but... Um, in the end, he got 45 minutes of football, which was useful. Puts yeah, him in better stead. For I, think, I think there's maybe the sense of, if he did pull up, maybe Real Madrid deserve it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's possibly part of it. But look, we're, we're in this golden age at the moment, post-superfluous Copper America, where I don't think the countries really give a shit about what the clubs think at the moment. And they've used the pandemic as an excuse to get round to that that way of thinking. It's a very, very testy relationship between clubs and, and FAs at the moment. And yeah, it's, it's worth watching for sure. Yeah, it is. Um, right. One thing I love about international uh, football weekends, it does mean that quite often a bit of non-league football comes into the spotlight. And speaking of spotlights or floodlights, um, this was my favourite story of the whole week. Weekend. The floodlights failed in the Marine Dunstan match in the FA Trophy this weekend. And as that when that happens, you know, there's a bit of a pause, there's a bit of break in the action, and they all try and figure out what they're going to do. And it turned out that one of the Dunstan midfielders was actually an electrician. Excellent. So in <laughs> full kit, he walks off the pitch, he goes over to the little, I don't know, fuse box, whatever it's called, I don't know anything about electrics, and he goes over and actually tries to fix it. Unfortunately... He couldn't. Didn't have the tools. However, yeah, didn't have them on him. He didn't have his kit with him, did he? <laughs> you can't. Just, it turns out you can't just open a fuse box and just push buttons. <laughs> have like you tried? Sometimes you have need you tried, Lars? To, it well, I'm just like assuming. You've tried and failed. <laughs> I, I have you, looked. I have looked at a fuse box and scratched my head a few times. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, but he was apparently on the phone to a mate from the northeast, um, trying to get someone to get there and help him out and try and get him to fix it. He couldn't do it, uh, but they did actually manage to get someone to come along and, and sort it out eventually. You see this story really disappoints me this morning because I'd initially heard it I'd seen the little picture of him with his his, his, his head in the fuse box and I, I, I read that he'd come off the pitch and fixed it not oh. tried to fix it tried I mean to. I can try to fix it I can try to build a table from Ikea doesn't mean it's going to happen does it I was just kind of thinking of other footballers who have had jobs who would be handy because it's really handy to have an electrician in your team. Like really? if something goes wrong in the dressing room or something, that's very good. But like of, of other famous footballers, like Ricky Lambert worked in a, a beet juice, sort of beet juice bottling factory or something. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's very rarely useful in a football setting. <laughs> Not too useful, um, no. Juan Mata studied journalism, I believe. So that, he could write the match report if someone keels over in the press box or something and <laughs> we, give himself a very high rating. Or, or, or just sit next to the person, uh, say, what, uh, next to him in the dressing room and say, what did you think of your performance today? Do, do, how do, do you, do you think, feel you, you let the how team do down? you think Mata would rate himself? Because I, I was about to say... <laughs> He'd give himself a high rating. Mata seems to me like he'd just oh, he's give, very him, humble. He'd give himself he very would. low ratings. Yeah. Constant, uh, yeah, not backing himself. He'd yeah. give himself averages, you, I think. You've got to bear in mind as well, like outside the UK, like sort of six out of 10 or like three out of five is considered decent, isn't it? So. <laughs> True. We have we have to give um, this midfielder a name check, by the way. He was Dunstan's number four, Phil Turnbull. He almost was the hero of the day. It would have been great if he then went onto the pitch and scored the winner or something, but that's not how the game turned out to be. Marine actually took a two-goal lead. Dunstan actually pulled it back and it went 2-0 went to penalties but Marine won 5-4 on pens so mm. Dunstan not a good day the electrician on the pitch couldn't fix the floodlights and they also ended up going on to lose the game uh, but this is why so many people go and watch non-league football you just never know what's going to happen mm. over 12,000 nearly 13,000 fans were at the Notts County game in the National League that actually broke a National League attendance record on Saturday for their game against Solihull Moors I mean, that's extraordinary when you think that some of these National League clubs, and we follow a lot of the National League on BT Sport, sometimes you can get roughly, right, like, what, between, I don't know, four, 500 people at some of these National League games as a low attendance. Mm. And then probably, like, you know, on average, maybe like 5,000, I think, is probably about right. But this is extraordinary to get over 12,000. But this, this is why England's football pyramid is absolutely unique, really. The, the fact that you do get games in, in in the fifth tier that are televised and the fact that these clubs are hubs of their community and there, there's some enormous clubs down there i mean you look at like you know york stockport chester you know there, there are some huge clubs outside the the top four divisions and you know it, it just shows the the depth of of feeling for people's local clubs it's amazing yeah certainly is i um, mean luke, luke was saying he went to um Dulwich Hamlet at the weekend or he tried to go to Dulwich Hamlet at the weekend thousand people got locked out wow mm. can you what, believe because that because they couldn't get tickets yeah 
I, it wasn't like a prank. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, it, it was. It was sold out. They were like, Surprisingly uh, three, mean 3, by Dolly Hamlet. Yeah, <laughs> letting no one in. Three thousand three hundred. I, th- I, th- I think was was their attendance in the end. I think it's the second time they've sold out recently. You know, conference. Or, sorry, National League South. Amazing. It's, it's pretty impressive. It's great. And, and these international weekends, you know, if you can't get to go and see your country play, then mm. it, like it was the Women's Football Weekend this weekend as well. There were some amazing games. North London Derby was brilliant on Saturday, yeah, by wasn't. the way. Um, and, and, and like you say, all these non-league football clubs, they really need us to all go and, and um, you know, pay our money Go there, get yourself a Bovril, get yourself a cup of, get yourself, what, what do you drink at the football, Andy? You have one of your green teas, don't you? Uh, well, since they brought them in at Beckham Town. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, that is all from us today. Um, Lars, it's been a pleasure to have you with oh, us. And fun. you, Andy. Good to see you as always. Um, on tomorrow's show, uh, Luke, Pete and Kate are going to be here. And why not get over to the Football Ramble Presents tab for today's book club as well? Because Kate and Jim spoke to the one and only Jamie Carragher. They asked him about interviewing Hernan Crespo, about that 2005 Champions League final for his book, The Greatest Games. They also discussed Euro 2020 and so much more so search football ramble presents and subscribe it'll be the top of your feed and it is well worth a listen thanks for your company today guys thanks for listening to the football ramble part of the acast creator network the football ramble is a stack production and part of the acast creator network 